Attention nerds! If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire The Riley and Kimmy Show! The Riley and Kimmy Show! And welcome to this Saturday Cartoon Alternative Edition. It's episode number 1058. Right next to me is my living, breathing cartoon. Kimmy! I got one name! Hi, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I am that, and the hero of this story is Kimmy. Hey. Hey, we are at Comic Central in Sanford, Florida today, celebrating local comic shop day. And if you're in the Orlando area, please stop by Comic Central. All kinds of fun going on. Local comic shop day happening. Also, chances for you to play superhero. Right now, Kimmy, we have the opportunity to check in with the store manager. Let's check in with Sam. Sam, what is going on today at Comic Central for local comic shop day? Well, for local comic shop day, we have uh, special variants uh, that were put out specifically for this day. Um, also, we have our big sidewalk sale going on where we have uh, 50 cent comic bargain boxes. Uh, we have trade paperbacks from three to five dollars um we have discounted statues toys things out on that same sidewalk sale we also have uh local artists in the store um we also are going to have he we added him late and he was not on the list for the original flyer we also have batman batman coming out on local comic shop day yes he's going to take a break from fighting crime show up in the daylight and uh, be part of our local comic shop day. All right. Got Batman. And one of the Absolutely. other big things going on I, I know you're proud of is this is the big kickoff for the Toys for Tots drive. And what's going on with that today? With Toys for Tots, um, if you bring a new unwrapped toy with a $9.99 value or purchase, uh, said toy from us that has at least a 999 value. We are giving an extra stamp um, on your uh, stamp card that we have here at the store. Uh, it's also kind of correlating a little bit with that. Uh, it's our customer appreciation day. So said stamp card is worth $10 instead of eight, which most people know. And it only takes $6 to get a stamp instead of eight like normal. Anything else happening at the store? Uh, not just uh, for today, but for the next few days? Anything uh, Anything special? Uh, well, if you show up today, uh, we're also going to be handing out our Black Friday uh, flyers for the specials that will be happening uh, just a few days from today. All right. And, you know, that's right. I forget that <laughs> Black Friday is just around the corner. Yes, it is. Six days from uh, today. So it's one of those you come out and not only do you get to have a deal today, but you get to find out what the deals are just around the corner. And you get to see the brand new display cases at Comic Central. Yes, you will. Our new statue cases are up, out, filled with fun and exciting statues um, and Kodabakai pieces. So definitely come out, check us out. You know, we're... We're looking forward to a really great date. Weather's nice. so. And one last question. I know you are the source for pop vinyls. Roughly how many pop vinyls are in store today? Well, I can tell you that literally as of 
two days ago, I've added another four foot to the wall. Oh, no. Uh, Yes. At this point, I would say we have a 35 foot stretch of Funko figures that go from floor to almost ceiling. Uh, There are roughly 450 plus pieces that I have. Oh, my. So this will be the place to go to. That is today. Big sidewalk sale starts at, and the event starts at 11 o'clock. Local artists are, is that noon with the local artists? Local artists show up at noon. They're supposed to be here noon to three. Okay. Uh, Batman is also about noon to two. All right. Batman, noon to two-ish, right around there. Get your picture with Batman. Bring a brand new unwrapped toy. Help out Toys for Tots. Say hey to Sam. Say hi to Tyson and everybody else. And uh, maybe even think about uh, getting a subscription from Comic Central. We'll be talking with uh, Sam a little bit in the well, not so distant future about uh, all the deals and things in the near future that are going to be happening at Comic Central. Sam, I'm going to let you get back to the store, get back to the people, and uh, you know, get back to the celebration of local comic shop day. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sam, for being on the Riley and Kimmy show. Thanks, Sam. Yes, and thank you, Sam, and also to Tyson, the store owner, for inviting the Riley and Kimmy show out to Comic Central for a celebration of local comic shop day. And please, if you are in the Orlando area, Stop on by Comic Central. Very easy to get to right off of I-4. Right, Kimmy? That's right. And just minutes away from downtown Sanford, Florida. Mm -hmm. Very easy to get to right off of uh, 1792. Very easy to get out to here. And that is Comic Central. This is your opportunity to play superhero. We'd love to uh, see you out here. That that is in cosplay or uh, even better yet, you'll be a bigger super friend to the Riley and Kimmy show if you bring out a brand new unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. Sometimes, even good girls and boys are left off Santa's list. With all the blessings and bounty of Christmas, there still doesn't seem to be enough to go around. This year, make a place on your list and in your heart for a child you don't even know. Donate a new unwrapped toy to the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots. Please bring out that brand new unwrapped toy to Comic Central if you are in the Orlando area. That's in Sanford, Florida. Kimmy, I have a question for you on this Saturday. Would you like to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia? Why, yes, I would. It is a Saturday, October 19th, one day away from when the Riley and Kimmy show will be at a certain nerd event. Kimmy, that is your first trivia question today. Tell me where we will be on Sunday, November 20th. What event will the Riley and Kimmy Show be at? Claremont Comic Con. That's right, Claremont Comic Con, where all the fun pop culture things will be going on on Sunday. Find out more details at ClaremontComicCon.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Right now, we are at Comic Central in Sanford, Florida. It's time to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. Kimmy, what's on the line for you is a a lunch, Uh, or actually dinner. It's dinner. I think we're going to throw dinner on this one. You, uh, you get more of them right than wrong. You get your dinner. If you don't, it's a, it's it's no dinner for you. No no supper for you. You'll be going right to bed. Mm. Yes, with no pudding and nothing at all. all right. So you better do it here. <laughs> get ready. Get ready to strap on that uh, feed bag if you win. Okay. Okay. Here we go. The first uh, question's coming up here. But first thing we're going to do is not a, is a history thing and not actually a question for nerd and pop culture geek trivia on the Saturday November 
19th. It was 1850, Kimmy, the first life insurance policy for a female was issued. 36-year-old in New Jersey purchased that life insurance policy in 1850. I think that is uh, people who may not be studying or have studied much uh, history might not realize just how significant that is in 1850. Mm. Moving over to something else that happened on this date in history. It is history, Kimmy. A history question. I'm going to give you the year. You tell me whom. See if you paid attention up in the North Pole in that igloo schoolhouse that you went to. It was on this date, 1863, this United States president delivered the Gettysburg Address. Give me what? Who? What president? Who was that? Who did this? Abraham Lincoln. Well, she looks at me like, hey, you know, I, I know those things. Well, you know, you told me in the past you do not like history questions. And I would hope that considering you're from the land of Lincoln, you would have known who that is. You are correct. President Lincoln did that. It was on this date, Kimmy. In 1893, the first newspaper color supplement was published. That was in uh, New York. Before okay. that, it was all black and white. It was on this date, Kimmy. Give me the year. Time magazine presented its cover in color for the very first time. Now, I will give you a 20-year leeway. 1905. It was 1928, Kimmy, that that happened. And the first person... In 1928, to be on the cover, in color, the subject was Japanese Emperor Hirohito. Okay. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, Kimmy. It was 1954. Sammy Davis Jr. was involved in a serious auto accident that happened in San Bernardino, California. Three days later, Davis lost the ability to see in one of his eyes. It's a 50-50 question. Which one? Which eye? His right eye? It was his Left eye. Uh. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1959. We've talked about this in the past, not this part. We talked about when it made its debut. It was 1959. The Ford Motor Company announced it was ending the production of an unpopular car. Can you tell me the type? We mentioned it. Edsel? Yeah, that's right. Edsel, Edsel went away. Nobody seemed to want the Edsel. It was on this date, 1969. Apollo 12, the Apollo 12 astronauts Charles Conrad and Alan Bean made man's second landing on the moon. It was on this date in 1979, Nolan Ryan, uh, here's your question, Nolan Ryan of what team signed a four-year contract for $4.5 million? At the time, in 1979, Nolan Ryan was the highest paid player in Major League Baseball. What team was he playing for? The Houston Astros. Unbelievable. You're definitely my lifeline for any sports-related questions, specifically baseball. You, you did it very good. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1984. Dwight Gooden, 20-year-old, of what team became the youngest major league pitcher to be named Rookie of the Year in the National League, that is? Montreal Expos? He was with the New York Mets. Hmm. Moving over to something else happening on this date, Kimmy. In Carlisle, Iowa, 1997, septuplets were born on this date. It was the only second known case where all of them were born alive. Tell me, what's the number of septuplets? How many is a septuplet? How many makes up a septuplet? Seven. That is correct. Septuplets were born in, and were all born alive. 1997. It was on this date in 1998, Kimmy. 
the impeachment inquiry of this United States president began. Who was it? Bill Clinton. That's correct. President Clinton. It was on this date, 1998. Vincent Van Gogh's portrait of the artist without beard sold at an auction for more than $71 million. That's in 1998. Some of our artist friends better start painting. Mm. Uh, guys, you better start painting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I do paint, don't I? Yeah, you do. I do, Not on walls. I actually paint things, correct? Mm-hmm. I better start painting, too. That's $71 million. Back in 98, what could we get in 2017 coming mm-hmm. up? Who knows? It was on his date, 1998. Michelle Lee received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Do you have any idea who that actress is? Mm. That's not really a question. I just kind of, kind of a... That's not part of your dinner thing. She on Knott's Landing? I think that's correct. <laughs> I, I think you're right, if I remember correctly. Moving over to celebrity birthdays and notables on this date. James Garfield was born on this date in 1831. He died at the age of 49, came in 1881. Can you tell me who James Garfield is in the world of United States history? A president? Is that a question or is that a... Exclamation point there. A president. That's correct. He was a United States president, the 20th president of the United States, serving from March 4th, 1881 until his assassination later that year. And if you look at his photos, which is kind of interesting, if you pull him up, and you can do it right now, just you know, Google him or whatever, uh, he is 49 years old in those photos. Most of the photos they show, he looks like he is 70. Mm. Moving over to somebody else born on this date in history, Tommy Dorsey, can be born in 1905, passed away at the age of 51 in 1956. What is Tommy Dorsey known for? Just can you kind of tell me what his profession was? Band leader. That's right. American jazz trombonist, composer, conductor, and band leader of the big band era. Tommy Dorsey had a run, get this, of 286 Billboard chart hits. The Dorsey Band had 17 number one hits with his orchestra in the 1930s and 1940s. We talked about him on a recent episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show, born on this date. Alan Young was born on this date, passed away at the age of 96 in 2016, known as a voiceover talent for Scrooge McDuck and also for other things as well, and more known for playing Wilbur Post on that certain TV show with a talking horse. And what was that show, Kimmy? Mr. Ed. That's right. Alan Young, born on this date in history. Jean Tierney, actress, born in 1920, passed away at the age of 70 in 1991. See if you can identify this mystery birthday person. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. An American television and radio host whose work has been recognized with awards, including two Peabody's and ten Cable Ace Awards. He began his career as a local Florida journalist and radio interviewer in the 1950s and 1960s. Actually, a, a talk show host, late night too, back in that time period, became prominent as an all-night national radio broadcaster starting in 1978. From 1985 to 2010, he hosted the nightly interview television program well, by his name on CNN. Can you tell me who that mystery birthday person is? Larry King? That's correct. And how old is Larry King? Uh, 88. He is 83 today. And one of the ways he became famous is, well, he got he got buzz how his career really got launched is he was in Miami area and he did a late night talk show. And one of his fans who would call in often is Jackie Gleason. Hmm. And that's back in, I mean, way back. Because Gleason, most people thought would live in Hollywood and stuff, but uh, he moved to the Miami area, hmm. and he he loved Larry King, and that helped the career. 
This person having a birthday today is Dick Cavett, age 80. And can you tell me just something kind of what what field he's known for? Talk show? That's correct. Did you ever watch the Dick Cavett talk show? Mm. Or did you kind of avoid it? I didn't really watch it. For some reason, Dick Cavett to me, uh, especially as a child in the time period when uh, Johnny Carson was really big, Dick Cavett just seemed kind of... Stale? Yeah, dull. <laughs> it was like... Uh, run away <laughs> you know uh get ready to go to sleep no don't no 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 not to dick cavett show no i'll watch buddy rich on johnny carson i'd rather do that uh and if anybody knows why buddy rich and the johnny carson show and patrick riley are uh, something that's kind of a strange combination there uh, listen to previous episodes we we touch base with that or you can ask us uh at one of our upcoming or current uh, appearances Having a birthday today. See if you can identify who he is, Kimmy, and tell me how old he is. He's an American media mogul and philanthropist. As a businessman, he is known as founder of the cable news network, CNN, the first 24-hour cable news channel. In addition, he founded WTBS, which pioneered the superstation concept in cable television, married and divorced to actress Jane Fonda. 1991, they are married, divorced in 2001. Who is the mystery birthday person? Mm, yeah, what's his name? Yes, somebody that your good friend, and, well, actually good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show, George Lowe, a.k.a. Space Ghost, has talked about before. He worked in the building that this person owned. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Who is that mystery person? Married to Jane Fonda, Kimmy. Yeah, I know. I know who it is. Uh, you know, he created Captain, or, or caused Captain Planet to be created. Who is he? Drawing a blank. Yeah, who is that guy? Uh, I know. He has initials of TT. Ted Turner. That's right, Ted Turner. How old is Ted Turner today? 78. Exactly right. Oh. Ex- I mean, I am totally surprised there. Exactly right. Next birthday person, no longer with us, died at the age of 73 in 2016. This uh, kickoff this year, January 2016. Here is your clue. He was an American actor best known for playing, are you ready? Mm-hmm. The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Can you tell me who played Grizzly Adams? Oh, boy. He was an animal trainer, too, by the way. Worked with animals as a child and then worked in Hollywood as an adult, as a stunt person and with animals, and you would see him in small roles and things like yeah. that. Well, I can instantly visualize him, but I can't think of his name. Dan Haggerty. Yeah. Ann Curie, having a birthday today. How old is Ann Curie? Uh, 58. She is 60. See if you can identify this mystery person, Kimmy. An American actress, director, producer. She played Betsy Stewart in the daytime drama... As the world turns from 1982 to 1984, I don't think I have to give you any more than that. Meg Ryan. That's correct. How old is Meg Ryan today? Uh, 54. You're right there. She's 55. We'll give that to you. So you can see if you can identify this mystery person, this mystery birthday person, an American actress and filmmaker who has worked in films and on television. She has often been cited as one of the best actresses of her generation. She began her career at the age of three as a child model, and then two years later moved on to acting in television. She would appear in many things, like Mayberry RFD, and that was actually her debut on television, and she appeared in tons of TV shows clear into the early 1970s. She worked in several primetime television series and then starred in children's films, her breakthrough came in the Martin Scorsese film, Taxi Driver, 1976. Who is she? Jodie Foster. How old is Jodie Foster today? 58. 54 today. 
So I have to give you a negative on that one. Why? That's it's quite a pretty darn good that's today. That's quite a bit. Fifty-four. She's fifty-four, not fifty-eight. Yeah. I'm in or, the right decade. Uh, we'll give you that one. Just for that, we're going to ask you a question about this next person. I wasn't going to ask you this person, but I will ask you this person now. Having a birthday, actor Jason Scott Lee. You saw a movie with me, Jason Scott Lee starred in. It was a biography, kind of fictionalized biography. Tell me the name of the movie and or the subject matter of that fictionalized biography Jason Scott Lee starred in. The Dragon. That is correct. And who was that about? Bruce Lee. And within five, how old is Jason Scott Lee today? 50. Exactly. I can't even th- I can't even take that and give you a negative. It's exactly right. He is 50 today. Congratulations, Kimmy, on that. I think you're getting your dinner wherever you would like, right after uh, our big event here. Wherever I'd like? Oh, wherever you like, mm. right after our, uh, our big event here at Comic Central. Please stop on by Comic Central, located in Sanford, Florida, really close to Orlando. We'd love to see you today. And please play superhero by bringing a brand new toy an unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. Kimmy, I thought we'd go back in time and pay tribute to something from today's Nerd Trivia. Radio was new. Radio, someone still loves you. And that's the Riley and Kimmy show. If this is the first time you've checked us out, uh, from time to time, we go back in time to the golden age of radio. Whenever we have that opportunity to keep it alive or introduce it to individuals who have no idea about this uh, type of thing that happened a long time ago. And one of the things we're doing right now is focusing on James Garfield. Kimmy, do you remember who he he was? We just talked about him. Mm-hmm. And who, who was James Garfield? He was a president. That's right. And I thought we'd focus on him with a, a kind of a unique old-time radio show that Focused on presidents. It, uh, here's the, the original title here, the brilliant title, Mr. President. That's mm. what they called it. <laughs> and they they would do reenactments and biography type things. And we're going to go back in time with that person who's actually one of the least known presidents of the United States. That's James Garfield. Going back to this program, Mr. President from 1947 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. <laughs> Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold. The American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations present Mr. President. Mr. President, the home in the White House, the elected leader of our country, our fellow citizen, the neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Now, Edward Arnold as Mr. President. Let's visit him in the White House. It's evening and the old mansion is resting quietly after a busy day. Only one window on the ground floor shows a light. We enter and find ourselves in the president's study, 
Good evening. Sit down, won't you? Have you ever noticed when you're guarding against danger from one direction, it strikes from another? And I mean real danger. The danger of death. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president the story is about. But meanwhile, I think you may be able to guess. One night in a shabby boarding house on a Washington side street, a young man was hunched over a table. He had just finished writing a letter. I have made up my mind. What I am asking for is no more than what I deserve, the Paris Consulship. I want this and must have it. For not only myself is concerned, the future of the country depends upon it. This is the great test, the decisive moment. No one, no one must stand in my way. Long live the stalwarts. Are you bringing me some money? Yes, I am. Good. What will you redeem? The brown suit or your watch? I don't want to redeem anything. I want to buy a pistol. A pistol? What do you want a pistol for, Mr. Champlain? Why, uh... Why, for hunting, of course. A pistol for hunting? Pistols are not used for hunting, Mr. Champlain. That depends on what you're hunting. Here's my money. Give me that pistol. All right, Mr. Champlain. But you'd better be careful. Jed. Yes, Mr. President? How do you like being vice president? Well, I like it very much. Is there any reason I shouldn't? No, no. It's a beautiful night for a walk, isn't it? I'd like to know what your question meant, sir. Well, uh, did you ever notice you can't take a walk with just anybody? Oh, what kind of a walk? Well, if you're striding along like this, the other fellow can't stroll like this. Meaning, sir, that you're striding and I'm strolling. <laughs> Only for example. <laughs> <laughs> knowing you, sir, I suspect you're leading up to something. Well, knowing you, Chet, I knew you'd get the idea. We're almost back to the White House now. Let's sit on this bench for a moment or so. Of course. You know, I was leading up to your appointment of Caldwell as postmaster in Illinois. Oh? I didn't know you were against Caldwell, Mr. President. Well, I wasn't. As vice president, you recommended him. I approved it. Then what's the trouble? Well, I didn't know Caldwell was implicated in a post office fraud a couple of years ago. I never mentioned it to you, sir. Caldwell is all right. was entirely a political mess. Jim Ferguson says that if Caldwell takes that job, every other man in our party in Illinois will be pretty angry. Since when is it the Secretary of State's business to run the party? Well, it isn't. But you can't blame him for wanting to help. I suppose not. Well, I've acted on the information, Shed. I've canceled the Caldwell appointment. I'll tell him about it if you don't want to. Oh, no, 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 sir. I'll do it. You know, I wish we could find a better way of making federal appointments so mistakes like this wouldn't happen. I'll be extra careful from now on, sir. Good, good. Shall we go back? Very well. Just a moment, sir. What is it? Noise in the bushes. There's someone there. Oh, you there. So what are you doing? I'll call the guards, Mr. President. No, just a moment. 
You there, what do, what do you want? Come out here. I wanted to talk to you, Mr. President. Here you. What do you mean by lurking on the White House grounds? Let me call the guards, Mr. President. No, 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 Chad. What do you want, young man? I'm one of your loyal followers, Mr. President, and I have a letter I want to show you. I'll take it, Mr. President. Let me see. Here. My name is Charles Champlain, Mr. Randall. The letter's for you, too, in a way. Well, what is it, Chad? It's too dark here to read. It's a letter from Senator Conkling, the senior senator from New York, recommending me for a government position, sir. Oh, so you're after a government job, eh? Well, I... I'm not just another job hunter, Mr. President. Champlain, you shouldn't have bothered the president. I'll keep this letter. You come and see me in my office tomorrow morning. Well, thank you, Mr. Randall. Good night, Mr. President. Good night. <laughs> you see, there's a good example of what I mean about all these office seekers, Jet. They're in every corner of the White House and behind every bush. We have to deal with them so fast that, well, that's how mistakes are made. Well, I'd better be going in, Chet. I've got a lot of work to do. Yes, sir. Good night, Chet. It was a nice walk. Good night, sir. Oh, you're back kind of late, Mr. President. Were you waiting for me, Ralph? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, do you want to see Miss Sarah, sir? Is she still here? Uh, so late. Oh, she's still here, sir. Do you want her to see you? No, I think she'd better not. Hmm? She stayed specially, sir. Then she certainly better not see me. I'll go upstairs quietly and you tell her I've been back for hours. Uh, yes, sir. Good night, Ralph. Uh, good night, sir. Uh, Mr. President. Oh, oh. Oh, hello, Miss Sarah. Still here? It's late for you, isn't it? You were out walking again, alone. Well, being with Chester Randall isn't being alone. When the guards were somewhere around all the time, Miss Sarah. Will you look at these letters, please? Hmm? What are they? Threats on your life. Oh, that again. Oh, I wish you'd take it seriously, Mr. President. I do, I do. But these people threaten to kill you. But, Miss Sarah, those threats aren't dangerous. They come from unbalanced people. Maybe, And but... before they can kill me, they have to get near me, don't they? That wouldn't be hard for anyone who's determined. Determined or not, you can recognize unbalanced people when you see them. And believe me, I won't let any of them get near me. Tear up those letters, Miss Sarah, and forget about it. All right, I'll tear them up. But I won't forget it. Then, Miss Sarah, I'll forget it. Now go on home, get your rest. Mr. President, I... <laughs> Mr. President, what are you grinning at? Well, I'm just wondering if you'd ever run out of things to worry about. <laughs> Good night, Miss Sarah. Good night. Mr. Randall, I'm Charles Champlain. You told me to come see you this morning. Oh, yes, Champlain. You were wrong to approach the president last night. All applications for federal positions go through this office. You'd better understand that. Oh, then you're the one. What? I'm the one? You're the one who can help me. You will, won't you, sir? The letter you gave me last night recommends you quite highly. What sort of a job do you want? I want to be consul in Paris. Paris consul? Are you qualified for the job? Well, you read the letter. Yes, all right, I'm endorsing your application. And I'll write Senator Conkling. You've been taken care of as a good party worker. Oh, Mr. Randall, I knew you'd help me. There's one more step. All consul positions come under the State Department. Take this application with my approval over to the office of Secretary of State Ferguson. Randall, I won't accept that man Champlain as consul in Paris. What? 
Why not, Jim? I've got to pick the men who work under me. He came highly recommended, Jim. As what? Just highly recommended. And I can't ignore that. I've got to take care of him. Well, give him some other job. He asked for the Paris consulship himself. Chet, it's all wrong to hand out government jobs as if they belong to our party machine leaders. Oh, I want this appointment canceled. I'm surprised, Jim, that I have to remind you of our obligations to Senator Conkling. He's helped make our party strong. He made me. I was just another ward healer. Now I'm the vice president. And you, you know what you owe to Conkling. But I have the responsibilities of my... A letter to... from Conkling is a commitment. Chet, you leave me no choice. I'm taking this to the president. <laughs> President, I insist. I insist that Champlain's appointment be withdrawn. Well, I hope you're on strong ground, Jim. And it's very simple. I'm Secretary of State. I can't have people selected for me. Well, that's fair enough. On the other hand, though, President. I... Who are you? What do you mean by coming in this way? Oh, Mr. President, I, I spoke to you the other night. You what? It was dark. This is Charles Champlain, Mr. President, the man we were just discussing. Oh. I'm sorry to intrude, Mr. President, but I must talk to you. Champlain, you have no business being here. Now, please... Now, just a moment, Jim. Uh, Champlain, I think you ought to know there's some question about your appointment to the Paris consulship. But Mr. Randall promised me... I understand, but final approval on all federal positions lies with me. I don't see how I can approve your appointment. But, Mr. President, I'm well qualified... I come of French ancestry, I'm a student of international relations, uh -huh. and I'm a close follower of the policies of your, of our party, Mr. President. I worked hard during the last campaign in New York. In fact, I have a copy here of a speech I made, if you care to glance at it. Well, leave it with me if you like, Champlain. Now, I'm Mr. also a writer, Mr. President, and I want to serve my country and the party. That's what led to my being recommended so highly. All right, Mr. Champlain. You'll hear more about it from Mr. Randall. It's Mr. Ferguson here who objects, isn't it? Yes, it is. The final authority is mine, Champlain. You'll excuse us now, won't you? It's, it's been an honor seeing you again, Mr. President. Thank you. Miss Sarah? Yes, Mr. President. Mr. Champlain is leaving. Then would you step in here a moment, please? Good day, Mr. President. Good day. Good day, Miss Sarah. Mr. President, how did he get in here? I was just going to ask you that, Miss Sarah. Well, I stepped away from my desk oh, for a moment. Oh, he's an obnoxious pest. And slightly aggressive. But then they all have letters, so we have to put up with them. It's part of the job. Well, I suppose so. That's the thankless part. Well, good day, sir. Goodbye, Jim. Miss Sarah. Good day, Mr. Ferguson. Miss Sarah, I want Captain Drew to get me a confidential report on Charles Champlain as quickly as he can. Of course, Mr. President, but is he so important? Not in himself, but I'm heading for serious difficulty with Chet Randall. I've got to show him he's handling federal jobs all wrong, and I know Chet. I'm going to need plenty of ammunition, and maybe champagne is what I need. Here's Captain Drew's report on champagne, Miss Sarah. Listen to this. Yes, Mr. President. He comes from French ancestry, all right, but he speaks no French. Well, is that so important? Well, how are you going to run the French Council if you don't speak French? I don't know, Mr. President. I've never been to France. Oh, well, the first record we have of him is in Chicago, where he became interested in a girl. It seems that the girl's father thought he was a nuisance. Well, he, he hasn't changed much, has he? No, the police warned him, but he persisted, so they finally had to arrest him. Next, he turned up in Boston, where he went through the motions of studying for the ministry. He even wrote a book called Truth. Evidently, he didn't practice what he preached because he was run out of Boston, too. The next step in his career is in New York, where he went into politics. 
He made a speech about me in the last campaign. I've read it. Was it bad? If he had made any more, I wouldn't have been elected. <laughs> Captain Drew is going to have some more information, Mr. President. Well, that's all I need, Miss Sarah. Would you have Mr. Randall go right over, please? <laughs> This is the kind of man, Chet, that you propose we place in an important post? A representative of our government in a foreign country? Mr. President, it was on Senator Conkling's recommendation. If we ignore the party leaders, we'll have trouble. If we keep picking men like Champlain, we'll have worse trouble. Chet, you're looking at this whole thing from a purely party machine point of view. Naturally, sir. The party's got to be elected and re-elected. That's my job. You think the president can be just a machine politician, too? I don't think he can ever forget politics. Chet, I'm absolutely firm about Champlain and men like him. I'm sorry for Champlain. He's only made the mistake all of us sometimes make of overrating ourselves. But it can't be helped. So be as nice as you can about it, Chet. As you say, sir. And Chet, can you drop in here Friday, say about 5.30? I'm going to... I'm going back home for a few days and I'm taking the train on Saturday. But I want to have a serious talk with you and Jim Ferguson first. I think I know how to cure this thing for good and all. <laughs> It is only a question of a little time, and I will know which of those three men must die. I expect to be caught. I want to be caught, or the meaning of my act will not be clear to the entire country. When the chief of police reads this letter and makes it public, everyone will see that I have acted not for myself, but out of pure patriotism. I and thousands like me cannot be left unrewarded and ignored. Whoever finds this letter should know that I will be reviled and denounced. And so I ask the police to place troops around the jail. Soon I will be recognized as a hero. And then my real reward will come. But now, I must know which of those three men is responsible. Which must be killed. Long live the stalwarts. <laughs> Mr. Randall are waiting for you, Mr. President. Yes, thank you, Miss Sarah. Mr. President. Oh, Champlain. May I talk to you, sir? Mr. Champlain, I told you... Mr. President. You... Is it true I'm not going to get the job? Mr. Randall spoke to you, didn't he? Yes. But I've got to be sure. Is it his fault? Or Secretary Ferguson's? Or yours? The responsibility is all mine, Champlain. You're making a mistake, Mr. President. Not rewarding me and thousands of others like me. We worked hard for you. I'm sure you did, and I'm grateful. But I can't give you a reward you're not entitled to. I asked Mr. Randall to find you something else in New York you might be better fitted for. But I want this job, Mr. President. And you can't go on treating us like enemies. Champlain, I've been very patient with you. I felt you were a victim of a misunderstanding. And I tried to make you see my side of it, but you won't. Now, I want this thing settled once and for all. No! What? This is not the time or the place to settle it once and for all. It is settled. Miss Sarah, see that Mr. Champlain leaves at once. Goodbye, Mr. President. Your next appointment, Mr. President. Hello, Mr. President. Mr. President. I'm sorry to have kept you both waiting, Chet. Jim, our friend Champlain's been pestering me again. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I told him there was no hope for him. This job's become an obsession with him, Chet. 
You should have heard him talk. Maybe he ought to be arrested, Mr. President. Oh, he hasn't done anything, really. He'll go away eventually, but he, he makes a good introduction for this meeting. Now, I'm going to ask Congress to prepare a bill, a civil service reform bill, to cover all federal employees except in executive positions. And I want you both to support it. Are you serious, Mr. President? You'll see, Chet. The main thing I want to accomplish is to have job applicants take examinations instead of pulling political strings. Mr. President, I don't need to hear any more about it. I'm for it. Good, Jim. Now, how about you, Chet? Why are you thinking about this action, Mr. President? Because political appointments are no good and they've got to be stopped. I didn't know you didn't trust me, sir. I don't trust any man alive in the position you're in, Chet. I'm doing the job as I think it ought to be done. It's the wrong way, Chet. Mr. President, political parties build their strength on jobs. How else can we hold our party organization together? It's more important to hold our country together, Chet. New ways will have to be found. And that's not our problem right now. It's my problem, sir. Chet, don't you see what the president's getting at? More efficient government and an end to the spoil system. One thing at a time, Jim. About efficient government, sir. As I see it, you want to fill the federal service with permanent job holders. That's right. Then people could devote their lives to their jobs. Now the competent ones live in fear of being thrown out every four years to make room for the greedy political hacks. You were elected by greedy political hacks, Mr. I am president. serving the people, Chet. Come on, Chet. You know what the president's getting at. I've spent my life in politics, Mr. President. I'm absolutely opposed to what you want to do. You're putting yourself on the side of the cheapest politicians that Politicians I... are always easy to denounce. They're not easy to do without. And that's not what I want to do. I don't know what else it is. I wish you'd find some other way to punish me, sir. I never knew you to be so stubborn, Chet. I've complained to you about your appointments. You promised to select better men and you haven't. First, I thought it was your fault. I thought you were deliberately opposing me. But I see now that you're under pressure and can't help yourself. I'm not blaming you. I can't agree with you, sir. Chet, we're old friends. You've put your faith in me before. Do it again and now. I'm sorry, sir. I thought we could go much further together. Oh, Chet, think it over. The president needs your support. Mr. President, the only thing I can give you on this question is my opposition. Not only mine, the whole party's. Good night, Jim. Good night, Mr. President. Chet. Chet! Yeah? Mr. Randall, may I speak to you? Oh, Champlain, I'm in a hurry. I'm sorry. What happened at the meeting, Mr. Randall? What the devil do you know about it? I saw you and Secretary Ferguson go in. It's all to prevent my getting that job, isn't it? Hardly. I warned the president about what he's doing, dividing the country. It may lead to civil war. We won't stand for it, Mr. Randall. We? All of us, Who's the president we? ignores now that he's in the office. We elected him to lead the country forward. How can he if he won't let the best of us help him? Look, Champlain, I think you're There's presuming... There's only one solution, Mr. Randall. We must take our support away from the president and give it to you. There must be an end to his kind of rule. Champlain, for heaven's sake. You've got this whole thing twisted. I tried to help you and so did the president. Now it's led to a great deal of trouble and you ought to forget about it. Why don't you leave Washington? I want to see the president at least once more. Well, you won't be able to. He's leaving Washington for his home tomorrow night. Leaving Washington? Then maybe I'll leave Washington too. Good night, Mr. Randall. Uh, 
Has the president left for the station yet? Oh, just a few minutes ago, Mr. Randall. Is there anything I can do? No, I wanted to see him before he left. Well, he'll be back on Tuesday, Mr. Randall. Maybe I'll write to him meanwhile, then. I... Hey, excuse me. Yes? Are you the president's secretary? Yes. You happen to know if there's a fellow named Charles Champlain anywhere around here? Champlain? Who are you? I'm from police headquarters, sir. Champlain's landlady complained to us about his not paying his rent, so I began looking for him. I found out he spends a lot of his time around the president's office. She tells me he carries a pistol. A pistol? Good heavens, you've got to find him. I'm anxious to find him. Luckily, the president's going away and very few people know about it. Miss Sarah, I'm afraid Champlain is one of those few. What? He wanted to see the president again. That was last night. And to discourage him, I told him the president was going away. For the first time, I'm beginning to see what this man has in mind. We haven't a minute to lose. on track nine, Mr. President. Uh, we have time, haven't we, Jim? Oh, ten minutes or so. Well, let's go aboard. Uh, Mr. President, there's that Mr. Champlain. Evidently, he wants to talk to you again. Here, let's let's get away from I'm him. I'm not going to run away from him. Mr. President! Mr. President! Well, what is it, Champlain? Now I know which one of the three stands in the way of justice. You, Mr. President! You've opposed me from the beginning. You've obstructed every effort of mine. I told you why, Champlain. What more can I say? Get out of our way, Champlain, or I'll call the police. That won't do you any good now, Mr. Ferguson. President Champlain! Long live the stalwart! Oh. Now Chester Randall will be president. The country is saved! Stop that man! He just shot the president! Stop that man! Mr. President! Mr. President! <sighs> oh. Oh, Mr. President, what will we do? Miss Sarah, get a doctor. Here, Mr. President. Let me raise your head. No, Chen, I... Just let me lie here a moment. Oh, Mr. President, it's all my fault. It would never have happened if... I came to the White House this morning to apologize to you for last night's... No, no, Chen, don't, don't worry I'll be all right. Miss Sarah, how is he? He's better, Mr. Randall. You know the president, he never gives up. Every day now, he's kept on asking how we are. What do the doctors say? No one's been allowed to see him, but he asked especially to see you, Mr. Randall. The doctor said it would be all right for a moment. Won't you go right in, please? Thank you, Miss Sarah. Mr. President. Uh, who is it? Oh, come in. Come in, Chet. No, I was hoping that you'd uh, come to see me. It was my fault, Mr. President. Everything. Everything? You would never even have seen Champlain if it hadn't been for me. He would never have got his crazy idea that you owed him a job. And this wouldn't have happened. Oh, I don't know. 
It might have happened anyway. But that isn't why I want to see you, Chen. You and I used to find that we agreed when we talked things over. And during a stroll, well, I can't very well get up and take a walk now, but I know. <laughs> this job of being president. You know, you can't think of politics alone, Chet. Your obligations to the country. It's not so important how long you serve, how many terms, but what you accomplish while you are privileged to serve. Whether or not it's a better country when your term expires. You know, you've got to understand that, Chad. It's very, very important. I know what you want to say, sir. I hope you do, Chad. <laughs> I know I was wrong. What happened has changed my mind about the whole question of jobs. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Only I'd wish there'd been an easier way. I promise you, Mr. President... I'll support the legislation you want. You'll get your civil service law. If I have anything to say about it. <laughs> I'll say it looks like you're in stride again. Right in stride, Mr. President. Long stride, Chet. Very long, Mr. President. Ah, that's good. That's fine, Chet. That's fine. Have you guessed which president this story happened to? The time was 1881, and the president then was James A. Garfield. He lived for 30 days, almost recovered, then died the victim of an assassin. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website, at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y.com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com.